1: Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube network, riding out the storm down in South Philly at the Novacare Complex. Johnny Mack, as the team went back to work today, uh, inside the bubble, uh, 11 days and counting to the countdown to kickoff, and Sunday... The 12th, when it all begins for, for real, uh, down in Atlanta. John, it's time to populate the practice squad. Jalen Hurts spoke today. We'll have that story. I can't wait to ask you about your buddy Ed Kratz's article uh, on Zach Ertz. I was so excited uh, to, he- to read um, that Zach Ertz um, is here. His attitude is good. Uh, a lot of ground to cover uh, in this report across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Welcome in, Johnny Mack. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, Krause, you know, it was a big day because obviously Jalen Hurts spoke, and anytime the starting quarterback, who is the starting quarterback, but you're right, the headliner was Zach Ertz because we haven't gotten to speak to him the entire training camp. I think there was this uncertainty, and as Zach mentioned, there's been some apologies and Uh, Some bridges have been rebuilt uh, and everybody seems to be by, he's going to be part of this team. And it's interesting because uh, another friend of mine, Matt Lombardo came out with a story um, that uh, Minnesota, which was obviously looking for a tight end, ultimately traded for Chris Herndon from the New York Jets. They did in fact call the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, to try and get a tight end they lost Irv Smith uh, for the season to a torn meniscus in his knee they did call the Eagles and they called about Dallas Goddard they didn't call about Zach Ertz so the Eagles were we're talking about Trey this is where we are in this situation did the Eagles take, did the
1: Eagles take the call
2: oh the Eagles took the call yeah the Eagles yeah. took the call and they were they probably asked for too much, and obviously Minnesota went in a different direction. But, man, this has been a, a, a soap opera. And now Zach Ertz, I think I've said it, you know, pretty much from the start. He had a great training camp. He said he hasn't had more fun uh, playing football. Uh, seems very focused. Um, and, you know, he's been arguably the best skill position player they had. And I think when Nick Sirianni finally got him, remember the entire time since Nick Sirianni got this job, he was expecting not to have Zach Ertz. He was expecting he wasn't going to have him. Then nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. Zach forced to show up at training camp because of the CBA, inside out shorts and all. Uh, showed up, and all of a sudden, Nick Sirianni started saying, oh, this guy's pretty good still. Uh, and then I think he became enamored with him and said, well, this is my best tight end. Let's move forward with Zach Ertz as my best tight end. And we'll see what happens. I mean, they're going to play more 12 personnel, I think, than, probably Nick Sirianni envisioned. And and in fact, he said that he said, look, same thing Doug Peterson used to say. Yeah. I, he has admitted, the head coach has admitted, I, you know, probably default to 11 personnel, three receivers uh, as his base sort of system. But if your best players are tight ends, you put your best players out there.
1: Well, you know what, Johnny Mac, I am excited for, uh, as I said, for Zach Ertz being uh, a Philadelphia Eagle on this roster for a lot of reasons for him as an individual uh, for who, who he is uh, as an individual and what he means uh, to this city. And then just from a pure football standpoint, I'm glad to see an old dude on this team. There are not very many veterans uh, versus the youth movement that's on
2: this roster. Well, I, I mean, there are, I, you gotta be, I, I mean, it happened. In fact, the veterans are the good players, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, if you think about Lane Johnson, Jason, Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, I mean, that's still the foundation of this team and add Zach Ertz, obviously in that category, those are the foundational players on this team that they're still the good players on this team. Um, on the other hand, Howie Roseman, and I give him credit for this, to be honest. The, he was disciplined, and I talked about this a lot in the offseason. Is he going to be disciplined? Is he going to fall into that same trap and say, okay, we got a chance to be a little bit better um, than we expect, so let's keep Jordan Howard. Let's keep Richard Rodgers. Let's keep um, Hassan Ridgeway, Let's keep players like that and – You know, all of a sudden Tyree Jackson's on waivers and maybe somebody claims them and and you don't have him for the long term. Uh, Some of the draft picks. So they were very disciplined. They understand they need to get younger. But as far as the foundational players on this team, and, and to be honest, that's one of the problems because they don't have many good players in that wheelhouse of 25 to 30. Most of their good players, really good players, are over thirty, and that—that's a problem, to be honest. Yeah, and that's actually where—and Johnny Mac, that's
1: actually where I was going with that. Uh, with that thought, uh, agree a hundred percent. The skill level, the talent, and the good players do make up that nucleus. But there's 53 players on this roster, so the heavier, heavier percentage of those players fall in a real young category and I just wonder how important it is to have a better mix of better players who are a little bit along the learning curve compared to what this roster uh, looks like and I don't say that in a negative way I'm just throwing it out there I'm optimistic right now uh, but I'm putting it out there to get your thoughts
2: well I think the NFL I think you know there's a lot of bleeding over when it comes to fandom, I think. And, you know, they kind of get mixed up with NBA sort of thought processes or Major League Baseball thought processes. And the NFL is a little different. You don't have to tear something down to rebuild it. Um, I talk about it all the time. It's statistically you can go back year after year after year. There are worse to first in this league every single year because of two things, the parity, uh, number one, and the unbalanced schedule. And, look, you'll see it. You, you can – this is not – you know, I'll, I'll give the shout-out to Xander uh, as an Alabama uh, – ex-Alabama student, Alabama devotee. There's no Alabamas versus the Citadel in the NFL. Everybody from uh, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers down to the one-win Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody's got good players. Everybody. And if you make a couple good decisions, uh, make a, uh, a number of good draft picks, a number of good free agent signings, you could be right back in the mix in one year. Um, it doesn't have to be this long, lumbering process. And that's why you have to have a, a, a mix. And that's, you know, it's a difficult tightrope um, to to get across. Um, you know, when do you cut bait with the Zach Ertz's of the world? When do you cut bait with the Fletcher Coxes of the world? When do you pull the trigger on the younger players? Right now, the Eagles need more young developmental prospects that you could think can turn into stars right now. We, you know, the Eagles probably have Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, um, uh, Devontae Smith. If you want to go down that road early as a rookie, but not, a, not a ton of those guys who so you say, okay, if they continue to develop, they could be real, real difference makers. That's the problem with the Eagles right now. They don't have enough of those young players on the cusp of turning into the next Fletcher Cox or the next Jason Kelsey.
1: Let's talk about uh, the starting quarterback, uh, Jalen Hurts. He spoke to the media today. Bring us inside uh, that conversation I'm quite sure there was conversation about Gardner Minshew. As a matter of fact, I think he spoke as well. So we'll talk about both. But let's start with uh, let's start with Jalen Hurts and his first time meeting the media. Uh, I guess right since uh, Minshew jumped on board and since uh, uh, and since the final 53 from yesterday or the first 53, not the final, the first 53.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, it is, and and obviously, so it was his first time as the official starting quarterback. Although everybody knew that. Uh, and this first time speaking since Gardner Minshew was acquired. So the first time he got asked about Gardner, it was really a quick answer. So, you know, I, I guess if you were watching it, you could sense he was a little bit bothered. Um, but I, I think in a lot of ways, that's just Jalen's personality. I think, you know, from somebody who's interviewed him a number of times, you got to ask the question the right way to get some kind of, you know, answer that's going to be more than a sentence or two. And I asked him, you know, what do you do as the leader of the quarterback room uh, when you have a new player? What's your philosophy as far as embracing him? And then he talked a little bit more uh, about Gardner Minshew. Look, I, I don't think he, I don't know how he could be happy about it, but, I think he's going to handle the situation better than Carson Wentz did when he came along last year. I think it's just in his nature to handle things better. Um, but I, I do think it is a a, uh, a signal, um, the last signal of many that he he understands he's got a small opportunity to take control of this team. And the only way he keeps it, we kind of mentioned this yesterday on the show. The only way he keeps it is like Alex Singleton kept it. Uh, all right, they don't want you to play. They don't want you to play. They don't want you to play. You have to play. Take advantage of it. And if you play well, they won't take you off the field. Like they won't take Alex Singleton off the field now. John,
1: did Jay, was Jalen asked about his receiving core, his weapons on offense?
2: Uh, not today. Not really. Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, the receivers and we talked about, look, there's not a lot of depth there and people hand wringing about Travis Fulgham and JJ Ortega, Whiteside, John Hightower, who to keep. Well, guess what? They kept them all. Cause they all cleared waivers, Travis, uh, cleared waivers, John Hightower, cleared waivers. They're back on the practice squad. Um, so, in essence, you have all three of them, J.J., obviously, on the roster. Um, look, it's just – in. It, it, I talk about this with Jody all the time, birds 365. I put the over, under, and 30. That's how many players generally get claimed after the initial cut down in this league. And then you go over, under. This year it was under. It was 27. Not one Eagles player got claimed elsewhere in this league. So they were able to add anybody they wanted to back to the practice squad.
1: Yeah, it looks like, it looks like the training camp roster now that yeah. the practice squad has, has started to be popular. By the way, why is that? Why, why was there not a player claimed? Nobody saw, wanted to take a flyer, for example, on Travis Fulgham, who did have a five game, five games, a great tape from a year ago.
2: No, I mean that, you know, the proof is in the pudding. There's 31 teams that had an opportunity. They all passed. They didn't, they didn't have any interest. Now, part of it that people don't understand, other organizations are just like the Eagles. They are working with their own players who are on their training camp rosters. They've been working with them since the spring and the summer. And they generally like their own guys. And they generally want to develop those guys. It, it happens in every city. Uh, the vast majority of your practice squad is guys who you just cut. Um, and then it, and, and, and from the aspect of, of COVID as well, you have to wait a little bit longer to get new players in the building. Um, so that affects things uh, a little bit as well. But this is every year, Krause. It is the number is twenty five to thirty five. That's how many guys will get claimed on waivers in this league uh, after the cutdown, uh, and it fell right into that wheelhouse again. Twenty seven, and when you pick up a guy, if you go back to last year, the Eagles claimed Jason Huntley. They liked him in the draft, and and they went back to their draft prep, and they said, you know. They were probably going to take him in the fifth or sixth round if they had the opportunity. They didn't have the opportunity when he got cut. They said, let's bring him in, take a look. That's generally what you're doing with waiver wire pickups. But most teams, the Eagles included, want to work with their own guys that they already had in the program. And now so all the Travis Fulgums and Craig Jameses and all the hand-wringing, they're all back anyway. And this is what usually happens.
1: Football 24 7 with John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Don't forget to like, share, and do subscribe uh, to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Big football fall of coverage here across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, including our new live post game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, Lane Johnson, and John McMullen plus a big announcement coming next week uh, with another member of the 2021 Eagles jumping on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. More about that post-Labor Day. Very excited uh, to announce that as we continue uh, to deliver uh, great content across the Jacob uh, Media YouTube channel. John uh, Gardner Minshew also uh, spoke today, and I think I saw... It was either a tweet from you, or it may have been from Dave Zangaro that Minshew uh, said that Jalen Hurts was the first player to reach out to him after the trade. Yeah,
2: he did say that, and uh, I tweeted it. Dave probably tweeted it as well because it was uh, notable, uh, and I think it was an example of sort of the – leadership that Jalen Hurts kind of uh, is natural to him, kind of exudes it. Um, and it's one of those things that he just thinks about. He tries to engage everybody uh, on the roster. Probably one of the uh, the strengths of his uh, personality versus, say, Carson Wentz, who was here and wasn't necessarily a bad guy, wasn't a bad leader, but just didn't think that way. Didn't think, like, I got to include everybody. From one to my, you know, my skill position players, my offensive line, all the way down to 53 and the practice squad. And and that's what Jalen understands. He tries to get everybody engaged. And you can imagine if you're on the practice squad and you're a rookie player and the quarterback comes up to you and and does something as simple as hello uh, and and tries to engage you and tries to. become friends with you. It's one of the, it's one of the real strengths of, of Jalen Hurts, but it's an intangible strength. So you can't put a number on it. You can't put an analytic on it. So a lot of people like to sweep it away and ignore it. I think it's, it's one of the things that makes Jalen Hurts, gives Jalen Hurts a better opportunity to develop into a good quarterback in this league, because I've said it from the start. Guys naturally gravitate towards him because he—he's that type of person. We all—we've all seen it. When Joe Kraus walks in a room, he lights up a room. Jalen Hurts does the same thing, um, even though he's a little bit more understated in public. Uh, you watch his press conferences, and he's very even keeled. I always say he's got the the smoothest resting pulse rate of all time. Never, never gets too excited, never gets too low. Uh, But behind the scenes, he just, people gravitate towards him. Johnny Mack, just for, for curiosity, how does that work? Does
1: Jalen already have Minshew's cell phone number in in his cell phone? Or does, does he ask the head coach, Hey, can you send me Gardner's, cell phone number. How does that work? Any idea?
2: Yeah. I mean, well, quarterbacks, uh, they're very young. So I I do not believe that Jalen and Gardner had a previous relationship. So yeah, he probably uh, texted Howie Roseman and said, Hey, can I have Gardner's number? I want to welcome him to the Eagles. Something, uh, of that nature, uh, or Nick Sirianni could have been the head coach. Um, Yeah, that's generally how it happens. Now, as you get older, you sort of have the quarterback club and they all know each other, but these guys are are still relatively uh, young in their careers. But it it just tells you, you know, to go the extra mile because it it doesn't seem like a lot. Um, But again, not every quarterback does that. Not every quarterback is going to go out of his way uh, to welcome somebody now, if it's a wide receiver, running back, you know that's natural. You welcome your guys, so to speak, an offensive lineman. Uh, but if it's competition, eh, you know, I, I <laughs> we joke. And by the way, I want I'm I'm going to put this out there because it was it was a good joke and it got a few laughs. And uh, it is sarcasm, so I want everybody to understand that. I said, well. Jalen Hurts has already talked to Gardner Minshew once, and that's more uh, than Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I'll give you a chuckle on that as well, uh,
1: Johnny Mack. Uh, by the way, uh, in when Minshew spoke, he did speak to the media. Was he asked the inevitable question or or not?
2: Yeah, of course. And, yeah, he was on his best behavior. And I wrote a story on Gardner before he spoke, this morning for Sports Illustrated, and he had one of the great lines. This is when he was in Jacksonville. He was on Chris Long's podcast, the the ex Eagle. Everybody remembers Chris, um, and he had a great line. Chris asked him about competition, uh, and he said, "I I and it, and because Trevor Lawrence was obviously coming in as the number one overall pick and." you and I had as much chance to start for the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> Crousey, as, as Gardner Minshew, but he still said, he told Chris, and I can curse on the air here because it's YouTube. He, he told Chris, I haven't taken a shit <laughs> preparing <laughs> for this competition because number two is not a, a, acceptable. Uh, and, and that's his mentality. Right. And Urban Meyer called him a competitive maniac. That was his phrase. And this is the guy who I said was expecting to compete with the guy, some Italian talent evaluator said is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. And some go even farther. Some say Peyton Manning. Some even go all the way back to John Elway. My point being, Trevor Lawrence is super talented. I mean, ridiculously when it comes to a ceiling perspective. So you want to be number one with that guy on hand, Gardner Minshew common sense says it's not going to be happy as a number three. Now he came in late. So the Eagles have that sort of luxury. Uh, Obviously, he he's he's here two weeks before the start of the regular season. He's going to need time to ramp up. Uh, so you can lean on that crutch for a while, but he's not going to be happy as a third string quarterback. And that big personality with that great quote, he was on his best behavior today, but he did let it show a couple times. He let it slip talking about playing horse with, with Nick Sirianni, uh, during his pre-draft process, when Nick was in Indianapolis, um, he was also asked about the Eagles fans, <laughs> and he and he made a quip on how kind they are. Uh, you could see his personality sort of uh, just slightly peek out. But when they get the full, when this fan base gets the full Gardner Minshew experience. <laughs> I can't they're wait gonna, for that. A, they're gonna fall in love with him, number one. Now, we all know the backup quarterback is, is the most popular guy in town, typically when the starter's struggling. So A, Jalen would have to struggle, number one. And then B, if he did get an opportunity, and I'm talking about Gardner Minshew, then you have to perform. Because everybody's gonna love the personality, but you still gotta perform if you get on the field
1: and as of right now he's still behind Joe Flacco so and that's the way the season's going to begin with Joe Flacco as the backup at least on this day
2: yeah i would think joe and we haven't talked and we haven't gotten to talk to joe uh since the trade i would think he's the most unhappy i don't know that for a fact but um just from the standpoint of look you know Gardner Minshew is not going to be a third string quarterback uh, at this stage of his career, after what he accomplished in his first two years. I, 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 I don't like the trade. I mentioned it on birth 365. I don't like the trade because I it's done in a vacuum. I always say in a vacuum, it looks great. You brought in a talented kid who's better than Nick Mullins. Um, but the real world isn't in a vacuum and you bring in personalities, uh, You bring in hurt feelings. uh, You bring in guys looking over the shoulder. I I don't think Howie learned a lot from what happened with Carson Wentz, to be honest.
1: Well, I'm going to remember the quote from yesterday's report here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, Football 24-7, with John McMullen. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Don't listen to what they say watch what they do and that is how I am going to approach the 2021 season
2: that's how you should approach every season because uh, obviously look there there are there are times I'm not saying where where guys don't tell the truth and you know I get to talk to a lot of guys all to record when they are telling the truth uh, but there is a different framework when you're in public, When you're trying to advance a narrative. Um, And that's why, you know, look, listen to what they say. I'm not saying don't listen to it, but watch what they do. It's far more important.
1: Last couple of minutes with John McMullen, Football 247 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Don't forget, again, a reminder uh, to like, share, and stay with us as we transition into uh, our version of Eagles coverage. Uh, During the 2021 season. Again, the new live post game show, a new show being announced post Labor Day uh, with a star on this Eagle roster. Very excited about that. We'll tease that out there. Uh, No, it's not Gardner Minshew, by the way, Uh, at least not yet. Although, Johnny McMullen, maybe I have that conversation. Who knows? Uh, You
2: got that personality, man. That's a personality (laughs) you should look at, Krassey. Get on the ground floor of that. You never know what's going to happen.
1: He might look good with a Kango hat on, by the way, brother. Never know, so that might be worth the chat. Uh, last couple things, Johnny Mac. Uh, o line with depth, top offensive line, top defensive line on this roster. A and B solid. If you're looking at the roster, looking at looking at it on paper, and you're looking at it on the field, and you're looking at it from a core ability standpoint and everything else, the offensive line. is is, is solid. Lane, Brooks, Kelsey, back up to uh, Kelsey, uh, Sayamalu, uh, and now Jordan Mailata. That's our starting offensive line. How deep into the season they're going to make it, I don't know. That's one hell of a front.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a top five offensive line, easily. Uh, But I will say, and the Eagles have tremendous depth as well, especially with Landon Dickerson, whenever he's going to be able to go. Um, he's getting closer, obviously. Uh, So he's going to be available early in the season to be the top interior backup. Uh, You have Andre Dillard, who I know people are down on, but he's a really talented kid. Um, And you never know when the light switch is going to go off. He's still there. Nate Herbig, you got to see last year, Jack Driscoll. Even Brett Toth, he was the guy who I said, they got to make a roster spot for him because he was so good in the preseason. And they did. And they found a way to keep them. They traded Matt Pryor. Uh, they cut Lorayven Clark. They were able to get Raven back on the practice squad today. They had to keep Brett Toth, and to their credit, they did. But while I say that, and it's impressive, the depth, you, you went through it last year. With, with all due respect to all those players I just mentioned, they're not Lane Johnson. They're not Brandon Brooks. They're not Jason Kelsey. Uh, Those three guys are, in the case of Kelsey, you're talking borderline Hall of Famer, depending on how long he goes. Lane Johnson, I would say as well. Uh, Brandon Brooks has been the best right guard in football uh, in between injuries. Look, those guys are different. And if they're not playing, uh, even with impressive depth, you're taking significant, significant hits. And on the defensive line, you mentioned as well, they're really deep at defensive end. Defensive tackle, not as deep as we thought they were going to be because they stuck with the youth. Um, Marlon uh, Marlin T, um, the rookie, probably didn't deserve to make this team, but again, they're trying to go younger. Uh, you know, they were able to get Raquan Williams back to the practice squad. Uh, They didn't get Hassan Ridgway on the practice squad, though. T.Y. McGill's still around. He's on the COVID list, so maybe he's back into it after five or ten days or so. Uh, Not quite as deep as defensive tackle, but the starters, if Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave are out there. It's top five in the league, interior.
1: Good stuff from John McMullen here, football 24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Johnny Mack riding out the storm uh, down in South Philadelphia. Uh, What's left for the week, John? Is the team, uh, oh, by the way, our team practice is still 70 minutes. Does that change? Do they do anything different now
2: in terms of now that they're getting ready for game one? Yeah, the biggest difference is we get kicked out after about twenty minutes. So we we the practices are closed uh, to the media now, except for uh, individual drill stretching, and so we basically get to watch uh, the first twenty minutes of practice. And when uh, they start team drills, we're we're kicked out because now it's CIA, state surveillance stuff as you try to get ready for the regular season. So. Um, I don't know how long they practice, but they're never going longer than probably an hour and 45 minutes. It's the longest this, this team believes you should go at any point. Right back tomorrow morning on Birds 365
1: with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Again, like, share, subscribe. And stay with us throughout the 2021 football season. On behalf of John McMullen, I'm Joe Krause.